0: That throughout history. And history really has changed because people have responded to your call. So I want to uh, lift up uh, Luke and Rachel and their family and their sense of your hand in this uh, that uh, you're calling them to Cambodia to learn language, to love people, uh, to lead a team. They will need much courage and much wisdom. They'll probably need help with the language learning. Uh, so, God, we want to commit them into your hands. May you supply their every need. Uh, may they always feel like they are stretched as they follow you, Jesus, but may they know that they're, never, uh, they're always safe. They're always safe with you. I pray that particularly for the children too, and that, in fact, that this experience will extend uh, their faith and their confidence in our God. So work through them, work for the good of these Cambodian people in many different ways. We do pray that folk will come to know you, that the church in Cambodia will be strengthened or established and strengthened. And we also pray for for the common good, that the society will be better off because Christians love generously, sacrificially. Uh, So this we ask in your name, Jesus. Amen. Very good. Do I hand to you, Luke?
1: Well, thanks again and good morning. I really do appreciate the chance to be here. It, it does feel a lot of ways, like coming home, and I said to Jace before, I think we've probably only actually visited back here maybe two or three times over 12 years because um, Life kind of carries on and, and, it's, and it's difficult, but all these years later, and great to see so many hands, I had no idea there would still be such a, um, a fantastic, um, yeah, bunch of people that, that we've got tonight over a long period of time, and so it is great to be here. We thank you, we thank you for uh, having us here to tell a bit of our story, and, um, you know, a lot of stuff, a lot of history. I mean, Rachel and I met here, um, I think both of us were baptized there, married about here, had our first kiss out in the car park. It was... Um, so, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of good stuff and a lot of good history. Um, very much a homecoming for us this morning. And we do want to share just a bit of our story of our call to Cambodia. And it's a call to be, the, the terminology we used to use was missionary. We talk about cross-cultural workers these days. Uh, but this is what we're going to go do for, once we can get there, initially for the next three years. And um, beyond that, we, we will see. Uh, but I wanted to just share a bit of a story in, in starting out here. And actually, in sharing that story, just to ask you to try to recall something for a moment. A time in your life where you remember that you received some sort of inconvenient news. And I'm not, not talking about bad news, but just news that kind of just, just messed up things a little bit. It was just inconvenient. If you can get a, have a moment in mind, and I'll tell you a story from my experience just last year. You remember the Olympics were on over in Rio. And um, come from a basketballing family. It's always been a part of who we are and quite... Naturally, Isaac, our son, had picked up basketball from a very young age. and During the Olympic tournament last year, the Australian men's team, the Boomers, were doing really well and far better than they ever had before. And It kind of came down to this crunch match that they had, where had they won this match, they would have gone off to the next match to play for the gold medal. So they're going to end up with at least a silver. So high stakes, but it's Rio, so the game's at like 3am. So I make this plan with Isaac that we're going to record this game overnight and we'll get up and watch it the next morning, and it's going to be this great event problem was Isaac had a sleepover at his cousin's house that night that all went fine I turned up the next morning to pick him up and the first thing I say when I see Isaac is now Isaac the game was on last night you know we're going to watch it so if you know the score just make sure you don't tell me the score and you know what he said he didn't tell me the score he looks at me and he goes oh dad I don't know the score I just know they lost (laughs) thanks Isaac we um we didn't watch the game they lost that one, and then they lost the bronze medal match by a point, I think. So they didn't quite get there anyway. But there's sort of inconvenient news. It's, it's news that kind of shapes your future, either, either the immediate or the longer term. kind of shapes your future in a way that you weren't expecting or perhaps looking for. And that's kind of the story for us in coming to this point in time, this point in our lives with Cambodia. Because, you know, long story short, until about 18 months ago, we didn't really have this uh, before us. It wasn't something we were looking to. But God's been active, and over that period of time, and much longer, although we didn't know it, uh, we, we realize that this is what he's been asking of us. And it's not bad news. There's the edge of inconvenience, because we, were, we thought we were heading in a different direction, even though we didn't really necessarily know where that was. But now we find ourselves here, but really, really looking forward to it. understand that... Um, Here at only you're in the middle of a series on wisdom at the moment and jace told me this and i thought what sort of wisdom do i have to share into this but the theme being this morning wisdom on ambition so i don't really know what sort of wisdom we might have to offer but one of the things i guess i'm trying to say here is that in, in the sense of ambition cambodia like that hasn't been our ambition it's just where we've come to as we've done our best to try to follow God in the places he's leading us. So our sense, or in that sense, we hope and we trust and kind of our prayer has been that in doing this, in heading in this direction, it is the right ambition to have simply because it's not just ours but it's also God's and we've just found him in that. And in the big picture of following Jesus, God's ambition, and I'm talking about everyone, all of us, as followers of Jesus, God's ambition for us is to be people of his kingdom, who seek and pursue and try to live out the kingdom of God in whatever we're doing. That's about seeing God's reign and his rule kind of break into to earth, kind of that picture of heaven coming to earth, and being a transforming power of people, of the world, of its cultures, and kind of that transformation from with, from the inside out, so that the world will become what it was always meant to be. And that's kind of this massive... Theme of what God's on about, and so I, I guess in trying to speak some sort of wisdom this morning, it's simply to say that if we're going to be able to pull that off, any of us being a part of God's kingdom and living living that life, then quite naturally we're going to need to depend an awful lot on God because it's beyond us, but it's with, well within His capabilities, and that's where the kind of the theme verses for this morning come in from Proverbs three, five, and six. It encourages us to do exactly that. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Earlier this week on Wednesday morning, I had a a flight over to Melbourne. Buddhism is kind of at the core of the worldview of almost every Cambodian person that there is. And so I flew to Melbourne to take a three-day course in Buddhism to try to get a little bit prepared for some of what we'll find over in Cambodia. For most of that flight over to Melbourne, the sky was perfectly clear. But I'd I'd heard the forecast for Melbourne before we left Adelaide. And for Melbourne, it was going to be this day of just thick fog over the whole city. But we take off out of Adelaide. It's fine. There's not barely a cloud in the sky. But as we got close to Melbourne, you could see it, like this point where it went from perfect clarity to to this gray fog. And I knew Melbourne was there, but you just couldn't see it. Like, the whole city was just blanketed. It wasn't a building to be seen. And I'm thinking at this point that we're not going to land. Like, how can you actually pull that off? I'm thinking we're going to get redirected or we'll end up in Sydney or something, and I'm going to miss at least the first half of this day. But the plane keeps approaching. It keeps getting lower and lower, and eventually it, it's in the middle of this. It's like, it's like the cloud, but it's way back down, of course, closer to ground level. Descend a bit further. We're still in this fog, and I'm, you know, I'm not I'm not a nervous flyer, but at, at this point, you know, starting to push the limits a little bit because I think, well, how how are the pilots going to pull this off? And suddenly there it was. You can see the land, and it's it's no more than 10 metres below us. Like they had to go that low before it became clear. And it was fine, of course. We touched down, we landed in Melbourne, and I, we all go on our way. So how do the pilots do it? Like they can't see a single thing, no more than we could. In the back of the plane and they do it simply by having complete and utter trust in their instruments like they bet the lives of 300 people that their instruments are telling them the right thing that's what god's encouraging us here in proverbs he's saying to all people trust me put your life in my hands and i'll get you to where you're meant to be that's the call of god living in his kingdom that the challenge of that is working out how, how do we do that in our day-to-day lives, in whatever they consist of. How do we live for, how do we pursue the kingdom when such a big reality at times in a day-to-day life, it kind of seems elusive and hard to, hard to put our finger on. How do our lives fit in such a big picture scheme of things? So we're going to share just a little bit of our story this morning and saying, well, how has this come about in the move for us to, toward Cambodia? Not to suggest that we've got this trusting thing got all kind of nailed and spot on, because we have plenty of fears and doubts, and it took us a year to come to terms with this ourselves. But just to share a bit of that story of how God has led us to this point. And Rachel's going to kick us off in the next part of that.
2: Okay, as um, Jason alluded to, before, some of you may have known Kathy Luke's mum. She had a cart from Cambodia and visited over a number of years, volunteering in a number of organisations. Um, and she invited Luke and I to uh, Luke to go with her on one of these trips. Um, and my parents also thought that it would be a good opportunity for me to go too. So we both joined Kathy in Cambodia in 2004. We spent 10 days in Cambodia, and it was our first trip to any Asian country. It gave us a glimpse of the people, the culture, and the history of the country. And this experience was critical in giving us a heart for Cambodia, for the Cambodian people, and also in us even being willing to consider cross-cultural work. Not that that was apparent at this time.
1: So that was um, pushing 13 years ago. We, we were still here at Unley at that time when we had that trip. And it was a fantastic one to spend that time there with mum. And saw so a lot of things we hadn't before. Kind of fast forward from that point, about eight or nine years, and I found myself taking this subject. I was doing some further study, taking a subject around cross-cultural mission. And the interesting thing is I almost didn't do the subject. And then when I took it, it was, wasn't anything like what I thought it was going to be. But... God used that subject, it was just an intensive course for a week, uh, to bring to life kind of an interest that I didn't really know I had, because it hadn't really been there before, this interest in exploring the the interaction of gospel and culture. Like the, the gospel that we know always takes root in some sort of cultural context, whether it be Australia, Cambodia, you know, first century Palestine, wh- wherever it would be, the gospel always comes to life in a cultural context. So how do those two things live together, and how do they shape each other, and how do they work together in a good way, how do they perhaps challenge and confront, what's the process of transformation that comes about when you find the gospel coming to life. So that interest that, that, that emerged that week led to some further study after that as well, but then particularly it led to the, to the global interaction role I've had for the past four years. And that's been great, It's had been the chance for me and for us to get to know a lot of our other cross-cultural workers, um, past and present, working with future cross-cultural workers. We're um, meeting with those who come back on home assignment, those sorts of things. So to hear the stories, and the stories I've got at work in different places, the challenges they face, the, uh, the opportunities that are there, has been really formational for us as well. And over the last four years, I've had the chance in that role to do some overseas trips too, so to see some different locations, our work happening firsthand, what our teams are doing. And then one of those trips was about 18 months ago, and Rach had the great opportunity to come on that one too, and she's going to tell a bit more about what happened over that week or two.
2: Okay. So in um, his Luke Global Interaction role, Luke had the opportunity to visit cross-cultural workers in a number of different countries. After returning from one of these trips, he suggested it would be great if I could accompany him on one of his future trips. So it was about 18 months ago that I was fortunate to be able to go with Luke to Southeast Asia. Together, we were able to get a glimpse of what cultural, cross-cultural work w- looks like it's learning language and culture to be able to build relationships and then share Jesus with people in their own language in culturally appropriate ways. Following this trip, I can remember thinking, yeah, I think we could probably do this at some stage in the future. Oh, probably when the kids are older. The timing just didn't seem right. Isaac was getting closer to high school and it was, would have been much better if the kids were a bit younger but we missed that boat. So we'll probably have to wait till they're a bit older. That's what we thought.
1: So a couple of weeks in Southeast Asia, kind of really formational experience too. But flick to Cambodia for a moment. Cambodia is um, it's a country where people, almost all people are, are outsiders to the gospel in the sense that they haven't really yet encountered it in a way that they're able to comprehend. There just hasn't been that opportunity. It's a country with about 16 million people, and by the numbers about, well, more than 99% of those people are classified as least reached. What what that means is that there aren't enough Cambodian Christians or any sort of Christian or Christian resources. There's just not enough in the country that's going to see the Khmer people reached with the good news of Jesus. Like, it's simply, in the way that it's happening, um, in the way that the church is kind of going about it globally, uh, countries like Cambodia... Um, It's just not going to happen because the resources aren't and the people aren't there. But we can talk about numbers and statistics all day, but when we're talking about these sorts of things, the numbers represent people, of course. And the day that that became less of a head thing and more of a heart thing for me was on that trip to, to Southeast Asia 18 months ago. And part of the reason we went there was, well, it was to spend time with our team. And a part of that time was being with them on their retreat something they did once a year for about three days, just took some time out uh, to pray, talk about what was happening, and just to make a bit of a plan for the year ahead for them. So we're with this team on this retreat, in this retreat centre, and what we didn't know was that the street that, or the roadway that went down past this retreat centre, kind of down to the bottom, more into the central area of this particular town, uh, we didn't know that roadway overnight turned into a marketplace. So we wake up the next morning, and there's literally thousands of people just down this roadway with all these stalls set up, photo of that day up on the wall there. The thing was we had to walk about a kilometre down that road to get to a bank that morning. So a kilometer down and a kilometer back. And it was just this probably less than an hour of time where I was just able to, and we were just able to be a part of that, to go on that walk and just to observe and to see people and start to think about what is life like, truly like for these people where they live. Like what are their hopes? What are their fears? What are the successes they experience, the joys? What are the challenges and the pains? And then probably more after that, but as a result of it, kind of the question was, well, what about then, what might be different for these people if the gospel really started to take root? Like, what if it became a real transforming power? What would happen? What would change? What would that look like? So like I said in that moment, it goes, this thing goes from knowing that there's this need to actually kind of feeling it as well. So we returned from that trip about 18 months ago, and then a whole bunch of more stuff has happened, and Rachel will fill you in with some of that too.
2: So it was about, well, it was only a few months after we returned from Southeast Asia when Luke was asked to consider being team leader for the Cambodian team. And this was for a period of one year and we thought that sounded pretty good at the time. There are many new families were preparing to to begin long-term work in Cambodia over the next coming few years, and there was need for someone who could lead the team. As we continued to talk with global interaction leaders in Melbourne, one year soon became three, and it was at this point that things slowed down as we considered what was a much bigger deal. Luke was pretty keen on the idea, but he was clear that this was not for him to do alone. And we knew we both had to be on board 100%. At this time, work for me was extremely busy and it was stressful and it was all consuming. I couldn't give this decision the time and the prayer it demanded. So the decision also came more complex and as we considered other alternatives about longer term options and other locations. Finally, I attended a pastor's wife's retreat group, which I was part of with Anne. Um, and it was not until this time that I had energy and space to consider this decision. And I returned from this retreat in August last year and said to Luke that I think we should open this conversation about Cambodia again. I think he just about fell off his chair at this stage as we had, he had pretty much resigned himself to the fact that we weren't going and it wasn't gonna happen because we hadn't talked about it for so many months. Again, the consideration started and with much discussion, prayer and conversations with key people and with many converse, uh, confirmations along the way, we became convinced that Cambodia was where God was calling us to be. One of these considerations and perhaps the biggest was, what about the kids? Luke and I were fairly convinced of God's calling, but amidst all of this, we spent months agonising about what the kids would think. The girls have taken some time to adjust to the idea with times of excitement and also times of hesitation. Michaela has gradually increased her willingness to go for a holiday, for a month, to a year and to three years. Isaac, our oldest, was our greatest unknown. And we were willing to wait and put the whole idea off if Isaac wasn't at least partially on board. This was perhaps the biggest confirmation of God's calling. When we shared with the kids, Isaac's response was short and simple. Yeah, he said, we could do that. It was completely not what we were expecting and his response has been um, steadfast ever since. It was not until we were sharing our news with family and friends that we really realized how much this was a confirmation. Several people queried whether we had even asked the kids or whether they knew. Some specifically inquired about what attitu- isaac 's attitude was. they know him and thought he would be res- he would resist God had been working in his heart as much as he had been in ours
1: Yes, yeah, so what we thought would, might be the greatest roadblock actually became the in a sense the ultimate permission giving in a way which was which was remarkable. so I want to just um, I want to just wrap up, and there's, there's two questions we get asked often over these last six months as we've kind of been uh, heading toward Cambodia. Two questions that we get asked, I'll just give a brief answer to. Um, first of those is, what are we going to be doing when we get there? What we're going to be doing comes from the goal that we have in being there in the first place. And for global interaction, always we operate in teams, so we have a team kind of a approach to what we're doing. But the ultimate goal is to see communities of faith come to life uh, in the places that we're working in. And that kind of means looking, having local groups or groups of local Christians meeting together, living as God's people, exploring faith, um, going further in uh, their discipleship, but kind of experiencing that in a way that is respectful and relevant to the cultural context that that, that they're in. So the goal is communities of faith. And to help move toward that, we need to be able to, of course, communicate with people. So that means language learning. It means spending a lot of time coming to understand their culture and their worldview and the way they see things. Because if we don't understand that very well, our attempts to speak into it are probably going to miss. So for about 20 hours a week, we'll be doing those things, culture and language. The rest of the time, we'll be trying to be out in communities, meeting people, forming relationships, in the hope that as all of that takes place, we can start having conversations of depth. But particularly for the first two years, if not the three, we really go in as learners. So we've got to understand where we're at and who these People are the people of Cambodia so that we can relate to them in a way that is helpful and doesn't create further barriers. Over time that would branch out into more activities and kind of ministry platforms but the team there is young as Rach said a lot of other families heading this in this direction too so there's gonna be a lot of work and that will be part of the team leader role is helping that to function and become cohesive and um, for a positive future to be to start to get created to join into our, our, our team members who are already there. The second question is, when are we going to be going? And that, that question's a whole lot harder to answer. We've done, just in these last couple of months, a whole lot of the training that we need to do in preparation, so that side of things is going really well. Um, but in the end, it, it also comes down to being resourced to do it, so having the financial support in place, too, to make sure we can do this sustainably. So, Jason's has mentioned that need before. And if you want to sign up to keep in contact with us, any of those things, we'd love for you to, to pop your name down over there on the side, take one of our cards with you, too. So I'm aware that we've talked a whole lot about ourselves this morning and kind of this part of our story, but back to the theme of wisdom, just to say again that if there's any wisdom for us to offer out of this, what we would like to say is simply that we see our story and what God is doing here as a part of a much, much bigger story, which is God's story to start with. And for us, it's been a matter of understanding our time and our place in that bigger picture, knowing that individually our efforts can achieve something, but they achieve something within a whole bigger picture of what God's doing as he seeks to redeem and restore and see all things reconciled to himself through Jesus. So that's the exciting thing to be a part of in whatever we're doing and it brings us back to those verses again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. So thank you again for having us with you this morning.